Hi, this is Carl from Small Biz Thoughts, and I'm joined today by my super good friend, Eric Simpson, who is uh, with, it's now, ericsimpson.com, unaffiliated geniuses incorporated or something like that, right? Pretty close, Carl, pretty close. How you doing? Very good. So let me just take a second, and do, we'll do the little my introduction of you and then your introduction of yourself, and, and then we'll get into it. So Eric is... Uh, super, literally, one of my longest-standing friends and uh, co-conspirators in many, many adventures. And <clears throat> together, we, along with Amy Luby, sort of share the honor of being uh, among the founders of the managed services business model. And so, uh, Eric and I, I remember uh, I, I, when I got your first book, I was like, holy smokes. I've known this guy for a long time. We've traveled all over the country, and I didn't realize he was this smart. So <laughs> I've, been, I've been pleased to be associated with you with doing uh, things with you for many, many years. So I'm excited about the new adventure in your life. So tell us what you're up to. Well, hey, thanks, Carl. And you know, it, you are one of my longest-standing colleagues, supporters, friends, buddies, confidants, partners in crime in the industry, and, and boy, if the walls could talk, uh, exactly. the, story, the stories that they would tell, but uh, no, it's been, it's been a great ride. I, uh, you know, my background is in, is in the enterprise. I come from enterprise IT uh, around about 1997. Uh, my business partner and I decided to start an IT practice, and in 2005, we transformed it into one of the first pure play MSPs in the industry. Uh, very quickly thereafter, I started getting asked to share our secrets, which, you know, I was glad to do. I did a lot of traveling along with you. We kind of pioneered this thing. We, we brought the, uh, the, the strategies and the, and the processes and the tools and the forms and the agreements to the masses and had a great time doing it. Uh, I co-founded MSP University, and we grew that uh, organization as another um, destination for IT providers that really wanted to transform their businesses uh, to reap the benefits of the recurring revenue model. Um, we rebranded as SPC International and continue that work with a more, uh, much more focused, um, uh, laser focus on consulting with IT providers. We did a fair amount of consulting with vendors along the way. And uh, just recently, I started my, uh, my own consultancy. Uh, it can be found at ericsimpson.com. And I continue to work with IT providers, helping them uh, uh, transition and transform their organizations, improving marketing and, and uh, lead generation outcomes, sales performance outcomes, service delivery efficiencies, operational and financial outcomes to grow their businesses. And I'm working with a lot of vendors as well on channel strategy and helping them put together programs that um, help their partners grow strategically with them. So uh, just a, a little bit more life balance, but a lot more work, Carl. So just of having course. a lot of fun doing it. Right. Well, you know, life balance is work too. <laughs> so, yeah. so I've got uh, a lot to learn from you. <laughs> your URL there says ericdsimpson.com. Oh, well, it's ericsimpson.com. Thanks for catching All that. All right. So I, there I, we go. So I'll put it correct down below. So Come so. correct. Thank you. Exactly. So um, as long as we're here, and we, we just did this before we started the camera. So uh, let's do a little bit of it again. Can I have you on the deck of the Enterprise, please? Oh, of course. Is it remotely possible? 
Um, which enterprise, the TOS, <laughs> or would you prefer Next Generation? Oh, Next Generation. There so. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I so. Uh, this is something I've been I've been using Zoom for I don't know two years now, and I just realized that you know that's one of these features that I think I saw it and heard of it way back then. Never tried it, never did anything with it. Now I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to do this. Yes, Carl, you must engage. <laughs> I must. Is resistance <laughs> futile at this point? <laughs> resistance has been futile for many years, human. So uh, anyway, now you can put on any, any uh, background that makes you happy. So I just, I just want to you know, demonstrate that for the folks. Fantastic. How about one of those? Uh, so I also want to thank you for uh, engaging as one of the, the coaches that hangs out in the uh, Small Biz Thoughts community, and I appreciate that. So when you say that you've got this whole new adventure, you, I saw actually uh, as we recorded this, I noticed earlier today you were updating things on LinkedIn and Facebook, and so uh, you're really sort of positioning for 2019. So um, what are the kinds of things that, that people can do to get the most value out of what you have to offer, like just out the gate in 2019? Um, I think sign up for my newsletter at ericsimpson.com without the D. Thanks for pointing that out. Oh, glaring mistake. Um, and I will, you know, I kind of got out it early, Carl. I was, I was, I was building, and today, um, I don't know if you noticed on on Channel EDE, uh, Joe Panettiere posted the news that uh, IT Glue was acquired by Kaseya, and you know he linked my name in that story on Channel EDE to my LinkedIn profile, and I went, oh well, I guess I better update it now because. <laughs> Uh, you know, I might as well take advantage. So that's kind of what happened. So that's the impetus. It, it's not that you have just taken today to do all of this change. No, <laughs> it has no. You. Yes, I, I've been preparing slowly to have a broader launch and PR and announcement in January, even though um, I left SPC um, at the end of October. So from November 1st, I've been uh, out on this new adventure, as you put it. And right. uh, no, it's it's been... Uh, it's been uh, very gratifying. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. So when people engage, obviously, with the newsletter is a great place to start. Um, do you, are you currently looking for new clients cause, or are you, you're kind of busy, but, you know, keeping your feelers out for when there's an opening? Yes, I'm busy, but I'm always looking for the next opportunity to help another client grow their business. So, you know, there's uh, – you know, I like to take engagements on in quarter, quarter over quarter type of um, timeframes because I think that when you, when you work with a client um, and, and are bringing about, a, you know, a significant amount of change, it makes sense to phase it out over time and allow them to grow into that new improvement and, and, right. uh, and realize the ROI from that engagement. Now, that's not to say that I haven't done longer term engagements, you know, six months, a year engagements, even longer. Um, but that's typically when I'm working with larger organizations that have teams of people and we're picking the team leaders and everyone has their role to play during the transformation. And I'm, I'm very, very strategic at that level um, because we have enough resources to really work in tandem uh, on different business units and, and, and to uh, realize the, the incremental growth in each of these business units cumulatively, which drives, you know, very fast uh, organizational improvement. 
Uh, right. but, for, but for smaller organizations, you know, I, I'm, I'm very aware that everybody's spinning a lot of plates, right? And I'm, I don't want to come in and, and toss another five plates on everybody's right, Exactly. Here, let me just throw in a few more. <laughs> crashing down, right? So I've been doing this long enough to understand how to pace it, how to, how to meter it out, and then how to measure it so that we're, that we're making sure that everyone is, is achieving the success outcomes that we've established at the beginning of the engagement. So yes, I'm always looking for uh, the opportunity to help more folks and to understand what their particular needs are. And, and in, in some cases, as you know, Carl, um, maybe it's not a, a fit for me at that point, or maybe it's uh, not time, and then I'll refer them to other folks just as you do, you know, to make sure that they get what they need for their particular um, maturity uh, in their organ in their business at that time. Right. So again, not to overwhelm somebody, but to really understand what someone needs, and then to allow them to realize the benefit of that, and then come back and say, "Okay, we've achieved these things. Now, how do we get to the next level of improvement or transformation?" And then right. we well, and it's uh, it's similar, honestly, to the kind of consulting that we do with end users, where there really needs to be a fit between the coach and the, uh, the consultant who's trying to move to the next level. You right. know, I've done engagements where somebody worked with me for a while and then we literally just like, we pounded up against this, this hard wall, which was his relationship with his parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, seriously, <laughs> this is not what I do. And so I, I literally sort of put that on hold, sent him off to a life coach and, you know, a few months later came back and said, all right, so are you, you know, if you get your arms around that, right, you're dealing with that over there so we can continue our work because as human beings, we just have to acknowledge like we've got all of these different areas of our life and, you know, back to work-life balance, you got to make them all work or, or something's just, just literally going to fall out. <laughs> and so sometimes you send somebody off to a coach can, who can help them with sales or to to hire the first person or hire the 10th technician or whatever. And then, and then they come back and you continue on with a, kind of a better picture of where they want to go. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I, you mentioned kind of working with someone that, you know, was, was in the family business, if you will. Right. I was, at, I was working with a, with a client about a year and a half ago and at one of their big, it was a big um, anniversary and they had, you know, two or 300 people, uh, it was a pretty large organization come to this big, um, you know, celebration. And they had some consultants that they were working with because this was also a family business. And this organization, all they do is work with business owners that are family businesses. And we were trading stories and they were telling me the unique differences and the gotchas. And, you know, it, it's, it's a very different approach with a very different set of, you know, kind of sensitivity um, approaches to, to kind of, you know, manage that emotional family stuff while right. they're trying to grow the business. It just adds another layer of, of I think, complexity and, and just, you know, another layer of, of awareness of some of these dynamics that happen when it's a family business. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I always used to do five-year and 10-year and 15-year parties. I would literally throw a party for my clients. I'd say, look, set aside some time here. And I would get a cake made with my logo and their logo and, uh, you know, bring in punch and, and whatever. And I remember one in particular. Uh, 
a client of mine that I recently, I went into the bank and the guy that was helping me with an issue had the same last name as the person who owned this insurance company. And I said, oh, are you related to Jody and da, 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 da. And he goes, oh yeah, that's my grandmother and so forth and so on. So I called her the next day. I'm like, hey, I met your grandson. And, you know, we started chatting. We went down memory lane. But she remembered that on the 10th anniversary of their company doing business with us, um, I had mentioned the fact that I'd been to barbecues with them. I've been to the funeral of their founder, you know, that, that we have gone through stuff together. And that is, in a lot of ways, that is the beauty of small business is that it is human beings. It's not, you know, Intel does this and HP does that. And, you know, right. you and me, right, as human beings doing this together. And I think that goes a long ways. And you can't replicate that in a company with 10,000 employees. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And, and I, that's one aspect of it that I really enjoy is, you know, when, when I'm working with clients there, you know, they become friends over time and we just stay in touch, you know, you know, for long periods of time. And, and I, I really appreciate that, that relationship. And that's something that, you know, my background as an engineer, it, it's not something that is in, you know, something innate within me is to build these relationships, things like that. So, you know, as I've, as I've tried to, you know, work on that and improve that, I really started to enjoy it to the point where, you know, that's the part I love best about working with, with clients and friends is, is that relationship. And I was on a call yesterday with a, with a client of mine and, you know, he was, um, he, he was pretty worked up about, you know, one of his staff. And basically the call, you know, was mostly about me giving him a little bit of perspective on, you know, okay, you know, obviously you've got to take some action here, but, you know, I don't want you to do it when you're in an emotionally charged state. So, you know, breathe, exhale, you know, I don't want you to do anything today. Just, you know, give it a day and, right. you know, and, and we worked through some of that, you know, because I could feel that that's what he needed at that moment. And, you know, early AM this morning, he sent me this email basically, hey, appreciating, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did for me today. You really get me. You understand me. You know, and, and I knew that that felt gratifying to me that I was just there for him, you know, in that personal moment, which was related to business, but really wasn't, you know, business per se, as you and I, you know, conduct right. business with our clients. It was this, you know, let's take a moment and talk about this and kind of get some perspective and, you know, help diffuse it a little bit and, and bring some objectivity to the situation. So here's a question. Do you thrive on coaching or is it just like, uh, I do that so because it helps me help other people reach certain levels or, you know, kind of what's the motivation there? Um, so if you look at my behavioral profile and my motivators, my number one motivator is um, social. So if you're a fan of disc behavioral profiling, which I know you are, Carl, and you and I have worked a lot on uh, together with clients on disc and things like that, the social aspect is not what some you would normally think it's not you know I'm I'm about social charities and things like that it's about it's charity charity is a component of it but it's giving of yourself to help others and my motivator my social index says that you know <laughs> I will help someone to my own or my family's detriment right so it's like I have this like subconscious need to jump in it's kind of like you know you could you, you know folks that, that you have friends growing up and things that were always there say, Hey man, I got to move. I got a truck. Let's go. Right. I got to do this. I'll, I'll help you. When is it? Right. I just have this subconscious, um, you know, and because 
the, you know, it's so funny. Uh, one of our um, sales folks that we used to have was also very keen on disc and would do disc training with me. And he, you know, he would identify that and he said, well, Eric is a DC, right? Another component of disc, very direct, very, you know, aggressive and attentive to detail, see, you know, rule follower, things like that. But he's got this, this motivator that he's going to help you. So, so you will take Eric's help whether you want to or not. And he would make a joke about it, right? <laughs> very driven, very, well, you've known me for years, Carl. I mean, I'll get right in there and I'll tell you what I think, right? So right. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny. So my brother, Manuel, and I are both high D, high I. You know, I mean, just like off the charts. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so folks who are not familiar with DISC, uh, Eric will definitely help you out. He is the man. Uh, but, uh, you know, so every once in a while, we'd get in a situation where, for example, we brought in our landlord, like, okay, we just moved all this equipment to the co-location facility. Our electricity bill is included in our rent. We need you to lower our rent. And here's why. And like, we like measured up the usage of every piece of equipment in the entire office and before and after and all this other stuff. And, and basically we sat him down with charts and tables and, you know, had a talk with him. And of course he agreed to what we wanted to do. And then one of the technicians who was on the other side of the cubicle divider, you know, comes over and he says, don't you guys ever feel bad? It, like, it's like, listen to you kick a puppy for an hour. <laughs> like, well, let's not get carried away, you know, but you know, there, there are certain times when, you know, if you have certain profile, uh, you literally can just make the world do what you want it to do. And uh, I, I think that is the divider for me is, you know, that line between the DI and the SC is the line between those people who think they can change the world and those people who think that they can't change the world, you know? And so anyway, I think most business owners uh, believe they can have an influence on the world or they wouldn't be where they are. So, right. Well, they certainly believe that they could have an influence on their personal lives. It starts there, right? I right. want to be in charge of my own destiny. I want to, you know, and that's kind of how I started, right? I said, well, I'm never going to, be treated like that again by anybody. <laughs> I'm going to go into business for myself. And, you know, now, you know, many, many, you know, iterations later, it's like, okay, I wish I had known then what I know now, because it would have yeah. been a much smoother transition. But yeah, you learn along the way. Uh, and yeah. that's the thing about, you know, what I enjoy too, is always learning along with a new client, things like that. You know, I'll, I'll uh, give a shout out to uh, Alan Weiss and the book that I like to, to share with clients and, and um, you know, folks that are trying to start or, or run their own business or improve their own business, million dollar consulting, right? So Alan Weiss, you know, is all about value, right? And understanding that everything that, that you offer has a value to it. And, you know, taking some of those um, steps and, and learnings that, that, that I got from his book, and, and I've read probably four or five or six of his books. He has a bunch of really interesting books. Um, that really kind of, you know, teach you the how to present the value of what you offer consultatively and then to understand that, you know, there's also a value that the client receives, you know, in exchange for that and the value that you receive from working with them. And he has a, he has a very uh, strong position in this one area that I believe. He says, listen, the moment that you stop learning when you're in a consulting agent with a client, is the moment you need to exit that engagement because, you know, it doesn't make sense. Now you're just, you know, 
phoning, not phoning it in, but basically you're just collecting a check. You're not really right. learning anything. You're just, you know, taking the client through the same old paces and things like that. If you're not creating and customizing and learning from that relationship, then you end up doing your client a disservice, which is an interesting perspective. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of larger companies take for granted, you know, and I, and I mean like two, three million and above, they take for granted that there is this consultative process, that there's an opportunity to talk to the client about their problems. And at the same time, small companies, you know, one, two, three person shops, they're like, oh, I never get the opportunity to talk to my clients about consultation, about what's the big picture, like how can we help you with other stuff? It's always this broke please fix it, right? I need a new printer. I need a new router. I need a new internet connection. And, and so they're, they're constantly doing one-offs. Even if they're on managed services, they're still approaching it as fixing the thing that they can see rather than the bigger picture. How do you, how do you help people make that transition? Because everybody who, who was big started small. <laughs> how do you get there from here? And I think that's the, the, the toughest challenge for a business owner is – that mental transition, right? To say, I am no longer going to be a firefighter, right? I have fires, but I, that is not how I'm going to be defined. So there, there's always going to be clients that things break, they, have, they, need, they need stuff, a printer, a PC, a laptop, things like that. But the moment that you decide now that you're going to be more strategic, that is the tipping point, you know? Um, Somebody once told me, you and I were joking about this yesterday, I think it was probably you, I said, listen, when you can say no, then you've achieved another level of business maturity now. Now, your future is completely different. When you can say no to new business because it doesn't fit your culture, your, your morals, your, you know, whatever it is that drives you, there's, no, there's not a good fit there between you and a client, you're not just going to take that check, Right. It kind of ties back into what I said about Alan Weiss. So if you're not learning, if you're not gaining anything personally from it, then, you know, there's no value in it anymore. Um, the moment you can say no, now you have options. Now you get to start to pick the clients you want to work with, those technology strategic clients, the clients that, you know, if they don't have a budget for technology, they're willing to budget for technology because you're forcing them to do so. Right. So the technology strategic clients are the ones we want to work with. These are the folks that, you know, they, they say, look, Eric, you're the expert, right? Carl, you tell me what to do. Tell me how much it is and we'll figure out how to budget for it, right? That's the relationship we want. Not the person that's going to go buy stuff, you know, online and then ask you to set it up. Because <laughs> they want to save. And it ends up costing them more because there's the wrong licensing on it and things like that, right? Um, but yeah, so the strategic ones and then the dependent ones, are the other folks that we'll work with. Now the technology dependent clients are the ones that may not be quite as strategic as the first group, but their business depends so much on technology that they're forced to invest in it to maintain it. And if we do our they, job- They know it. They know it. Well, sometimes they don't know it. Sometimes they're like, well, I wanna be, you know, I wanna, you know, give me the cheapest price kind of thing. But there's a chance for these folks. Now, and I'll give you the, 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 the third ones that we don't wanna work with in a minute. So the dependent ones say, okay, I'm willing to budget. You, our job now is to transform them into more strategic clients by having these QBRs and having technology roadmapping sessions and then asking them, okay, you know, here's the next thing that we need to do according to what you've shared with me 
to address this pain or to increase efficiencies or to save you money, whatever it is, here's the budget. How can we go find that budget? How long will it take? Is it this quarter? Is it next quarter? Get them thinking that way so that then every QBR, they know we're going to talk about budget, right? Till we get what we need. Right. So hopefully you can transition them into a strategic, more strategic consumer of technology, right? And seeing how that impacts their business growth and things like that. Now, the third type of client, well, customer, I will say, (laughs) are the technology averse. Now, these are the folks that, you know, they hate, you know, they have to spend money on technology. It's a pain in the butt for them. They don't understand it. They wait till the last minute. They try to get everybody in their office to fix it before they call you. And then you show up and go, well, what happened? Oh, I don't know. It was working great yesterday. Well, what'd you do? We didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Yeah, fingerprints are all over it, right? (laughs) You got a Columbo one. Oh, one more thing. (laughs) So we don't want those technology-averse clients because they're the ones that are going to take up most of our time, you know, um, haggle over the invoices, slow pay us, all these other things. And you know what? There are other folks that can help them. And hopefully they'll mature over time to become technology dependent and hopefully, you know, at some point technology strategic. But you and I both know there are people that have been in business 40, 50 years that are never going to be. Yeah. Well, that's why I say there's some people who are technology dependent, but they, they haven't realized it yet. Yeah. You know, there's other people where you have to you have to point to them and say, look, look, that, 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 like, this is your business. Like you, you've got, I, I'll never forget one time I was in a, a company that they wanted me to look at this system. Uh, they had an unsecured machine in the hallway running reports and, and I was just poking around on it. I accessed their bank account with $21 million in it because it was the part of the cash flow of a multi, you know, uh, outfit uh, car dealership. And the guy says, don't worry, you can't do anything with that. I'm like, wow. Like, I literally, I will never have you as a client. <laughs> like, I am walking away. You don't have a clue of how exposed you are and you're not going to, you know, suck me into that, right? But they would not acknowledge that they needed to back up that machine or secure it. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. So here's a question. So we, sometimes it's easy to see clients you should avoid because uh, the project's too big. They're disastrous. They just don't have the personality to uh, to, to be managed. Um, but how do you tell the difference? And of course, we have like three minutes left. But how do you tell the difference between somebody who is uh, technology averse and technology uh, strategic in a first meeting or a second meeting or like, like how do you know that before you waste a lot of time going on a sales cycle? I ask them. So would you, <laughs> I say, I, no, no joke, right? That seems a little simple. <laughs> the best, it's, the best, it's the best question in the world and it's how it's presented. So, so Carl, thanks for seeing me today. I really appreciate your time. You know, we do a little bit of warm up, you know, get, get to know each other a little bit. I say, Hey, so, you know, I'm going to ask you the same question that I ask every potential client that I meet with because you know it's pivotal it's pivotal in any relationship that we have moving forward Carl would you say that you're a strategic business owner now let me tell you what my definition is of a strategic business owner before you answer strategic business owner understands that they must make investments in their organization in many areas including technology in order to achieve their business goals to increase efficiencies and productivity security, right? Maybe even save on costs. Um, so would you say you're strategic in that 
in that uh, in, in that definition or not? And, you know, don't feel bad. There's no wrong answer. It's just something that I ask every potential client. And you know what? I've had probably four clients or potential, well, no, they were clients after they answered it, no, but <laughs> four prospects that said, you know, no, I'm not really that strategic. And I said, oh, well, you know, that's a shame. You know, we only work with strategic. So there is a wrong answer. Right. Well, you got to let them, you got to, you know, look, tell me what you think, not what I want to Bring them along. Think there's no figure room. it out, right? And if I'm still not sure, right, then maybe I'll do a little pilot project with them, right? I don't want to sign a big agreement. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. This one, you know, my gut says no, but, you know, they're saying yes. So let's do a small little pilot project, something small, see if we get to know each other. Let's see how that relationship works. Let's see how you pay all these little things. So again, you know, when you get to the point where you can say no is when you can do these kinds of things, you know, right. when you're first starting out, you know, and you've got to pay the bills, you know, you're going to say yes to everything. And then that's when we end up with, you know, but not only are the most interesting projects strategic, but obviously the best clients are strategic. And, Absolutely. you know, I just, I always look at the future and say, holy smokes, there's so much opportunity. Look at the internet of things and, and uh, led lighting and signage. I mean, we're in an opportunity matrix right now where it's everything is expanding uh, just at the speed of light and so you know the strategic opportunities to really make a difference in clients lives is huge and it's it's literally it's never been bigger than it is right now as we you know transition into 2019 so problem is we're out of time so uh, young man can can we have you back with luck maybe a couple of times uh, during 2019 and see where you're going and, and how you can help us? I'm pretty sure you could convince me to come back on, Carl. Anything <laughs> There's for you, no Carl. wrong answer. Don't give me. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Very good. Well, thank you for your time today. Is there anything else you want to throw out there before we go? Um, when will folks see us together again? Well, uh, I think either TechFest or Channel Pro. I think so. Maybe even Ingram Micro Cloud Summit. Oh, well, there you go. That's so true. I'm making a note about that. Sign up for our newsletters and we'll let you know. <laughs> At ericsimpson.com. All right. All right. Thank you all. Thanks for being with us today. This has been an SMB Community Podcast. And thank you, Eric. And I will see you again. See you later, Carl. Thanks. Thanks.